Philosophers. Philosophers. You know, David, it's been some time since we've talked about fairly integral concepts. Um, we've been doing a lot of high level, more high-level discussion, I feel like, and I think it's time we throw back to some words that are used quite often that when you dig deeper into them, realize they serve as a more they serve as a more of a foundation for compounding on more complex thoughts like the ones we've been discussing. So I think today, if it's all right, I, we should discuss two words that I hear a lot, uh, authority and power, um, and how they're not the same, even though they sometimes get used interchangeably, which is incorrect to do so. But I think we should talk a little bit more about why and how their difference speaks a lot about varying philosophies on specifically politics, but it goes much more beyond that. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and start off how we normally do, and let's discuss, uh, well, let's define some things. Uh, the good old Oxford uh, defines authority, and for the record, both of these words have multiple definitions. So um, the first definition for authority is the mass noun the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. The sub first sub-definition of that is the right to act in a specified way, delegated from one person or organization to another. And the second one is official permission and sanction. Um, the second primary definition is essentially the noun of something that has this characteristic. Like for instance, when you hear the phrase port authority, it's implying the definition to the institution. The third definition, however, it kind of harkens back to the first, but it's slightly different. It's the mass noun of the power to influence others, especially because of one's commanding manner or one's recognized knowledge about something. So it's, I think you can hear this when someone says, uh, Oh, this person is an authority on subject. You know, they they have the right to say something that should be taken more seriously or even direct others because of their relationship to a subject, not just broadly speaking. More like um, it's not that they um, have have a special right to say that, but that they have proven themselves or have at the very least convinced others that they are worthy to be taken seriously on that matter. Right. Uh, more so than your average everyday person. So Now this is different than the definition of power. Now from the Oxford, the first, pri the first primary definition of power, the mass noun, the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way. The second primary definition is the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Um, the first sub-definition of the second primary definition is the political or social authority or control, especially that exercised by a government. And that, I think, is pretty indicative of the rest of these sub-definitions. They go into more nuance. Uh, for instance, there's one, uh, the sixth sub-definition uh, refers to a supernatural being, deity, or force. Um, uh, let's see. 
and the fifth definition is a state or country, especially one viewed in terms of its international influence. So they're, they're kind of sub-definitions referring back to what makes them, or what gives them that quality. Uh, I want to go ahead and bring up the third definition as well. Um, the third definition of power is physical strength and force exerted by something or someone. That's another, I think, really good definition that, you know, could be applied to the way most people use it, uh, the word. Um, so that's that's what we have for power. And, of course, the most important definition, joules per second. Joules per second, yes. Or the fourth definition in the Oxford is... Uh, Energy that is produced by mechanical, electrical, or the means used to operate a device. Or the fifth definition from physics, which is the rate of doing work, measured in watts, or less frequently, horsepower. So, anyway, but those are, that's, those are all side topics. So, there is a difference, a key difference between these two things, um, that I think can simply be summed up as, authority is the right to exercise power, or the right to do something, and power is the ability to do something. For example, I might have the right to build a rocket ship that could take me to space on my own property, and no one would challenge that, but I may not have the ability to do it. Likewise, I may not have the authority to uh, do some a certain do, do the same on my property like say it's restricted from me by some higher authority that I can't I shouldn't do that thing but I have the capability and do it anyway that's me exercising power now these two things uh, I think uh, they are closely related but different in that way one is the right essentially to do something and that is authority and the other is the ability and that is power um, any thoughts beyond that simple that's a pretty simplification as to how they're different but it's about i think it's on the nose pretty well yeah it's uh it's fairly straightforward um yeah i think that i think that's a very concise way of putting it that captures the important but subtle difference between authority and power and you can kind of see you know why people would uh throw them around interchangeably but uh you know when you really put them under under Close examination, you can see that they are just a little bit different. Right. Uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is um, how they how they work together or are forced together, I should say. Um, there are various different. Uh, if you read any kind of philosophy talking about, especially the state of nature, for example, or about human rights or anything like that, anything having to do with human morality and interaction they oftentimes have to deal with these concepts. Um, when, for example, is it do, does one person have authority over the other? Um, or when is it okay to exercise power against another person? You know, things of that nature. Um, and there are uh, several different philosophies that you could look into about that. Um, um, but they all are, they all talk about things in the scope of the state of nature, or is as it would be as though humans exactly are without any other influence, um, without any technology or without anything else. It is humans as animals, essentially. What, how do these things work? And then they also extrapolate those into the modern day. Um, and that's one thing I kind of want to start us off with, if that's okay with you. Um, so... 
just to reiterate the definition, let's take authority first. The power or right to give orders, make decisions, or enforce obedience. Um, there are some, there's a spectrum of opinions as to, in the state of nature, how this works. For example, some would say that authority doesn't exist. It's, it as a metaphysical concept is pointless because if you don't have the power to make other people do what you want, you, it is irrelevant as to whether or not you have the authority. Um, some people say it does exist, but it's derived from power. You know, it's, it's very similar, but subtly different as well. And some will say that authority absolutely does exist, and it is not directly correlated with power. You may or may not have the power to, to make someone else do something or to act on something over which you have authority, but that doesn't remove the fact of whether or not you have the authority over that thing. Um, and that's just speaking about it in general terms and not really picking one out. Um, do you have anything you want to say about that? Right. So, yeah, that's uh, that's important to note that uh, the people have different ways of thinking about authority and power. Um, and uh, and the, the, the thing that most people tend to have disputes about is the relationship between authority and power, or are they related at all? Right. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that I think I would... Uh, would at first contest is the notion that authority absolutely doesn't exist um, because it, it has to exist in some sense not not you know on a on some sort of physical level but um, in the same sense that you know influence itself exists right well and I think you know you could even take the contention at, away from being whether it exists or not uh, to it exists sure but it's pointless like it's something that no one should try to accrue authority for example or no one should try to establish their authority it's a waste of time because it is because even as a concept that yeah it's real as a metaphysical concept can be uh it's it it, it might as well not exist for its lack of realistic influence on reality um some would make that argument, I think, as well. That's a, that's a that's a contention held by some. I guess, yeah, authority held in isolation, yeah, it does seem kind of pointless. But what's important here is that authority, first of all, is a social phenomenon. It's a, a social concept um, that, yeah, w without, without social beings, there is no authority. Um, so it also matters how people see the authority of others and take it seriously even if there's no teeth behind it right um it yes i think authority like it can be compared to morality in a way right. um and it is you know uh, there is a moral connection to authority uh, for example you know if you act outside of your authority for example that's considered immoral. Or if you're acting within your authority, it's considered to be morally neutral or morally good, for example. Uh, that, that can be a contributing factor to uh, an activity. So let's talk about power then. Just to reiterate, power is the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way. Now, power is a lot less disputable when it comes to whether or not it exists, because power 
is just a summation of any time anything does something. If it can do that thing, then it has the power to do that thing. Well, and, and this is definitely a, a physical thing as well because we can yes. verify it by experiment. That is correct. Um, but in the... You're right. We can verify it by experiment. If we, if we want to dispute, you know, we have, we have two people. Who, who is more powerful? We can test this. Yes. In, in whatever way we decide to measure it. Right. Now, another thing, too, that I want to go ahead and say, since we're comparing authority and power, power is morally neutral, or it's morally agnostic, I would assert. Power, whether or not you can do something, there's no morality to be weighed there. Ability, I don't think, necessarily. Um, for instance, if you had the ability to commit murder, that doesn't make you guilty of murder. Right, that's what way. I was going to say, is I can, I have the ability to go on a murdering rampage, but right. I won't. Right, and, or you may not have the ability to go on a murdering rampage. That's not any more or less moral than the ability to. Right. So what power, or what you're unable to do, or what you have the power to do, is a, is morally gray, as, because power is just conceptual as far as I could not whether or not you do. Now, when power is used to affect reality in a way, or to realize something, to make real something, then that action can be judged morally. Now, I think this is where power and authority begin to mix. Because power, because having the power to do something just states that you're capable. That's all. Then you, but power is just a concept until you use it. Now, once you've enacted it, something using power, then one of the things that's brought in to judge whether, to judge its morality is the authority question. Is, were you within your authority to do so, for example? Uh, and that's and some and that's where some come in and say uh, authority is derived by power, not the other way around, because some would say, well, if you can do it, then you should have the authority to do it. Some would say they're not linked, but it's at that stage they begin to commingle. Um, I think it's worthy of our time to examine some thought experiments around that question. Um, does power, does, is authority derived from power, or are they agnostic from one another? Um, I have an assertion. Okay. Um, power, okay, well, authority begets power. Authority is not the only source of power, of course, um, but authority creates power. Okay. Explain. Explain. Okay. So, authority being a social construct, um, one only has authority so long as people believe them to have authority. Okay. Um, if, if no one thinks that you have the authority to do something, you effectively don't. Um, so, suppose someone gains authority. This means that a sufficient number of people believe them to have authority. And then will quote-unquote, grant them the power to do things, either to give orders or uh, even even on a uh, you know, much more micro scale, leave them alone when they want to do something. Okay, so I, I see what you're saying now. Authority begets power in the way that it can 
either prevent others from interfering or bring others to your aid to enable something. It's social power. Okay. I guess my question is, this doesn't apply for personal power, like my ability to climb a ladder, for example. There's no authority to be dealt with there, right? No, you are not granted the power to climb a ladder in principle by authority. Okay, so power is begotten by authority, according to your assertion, when it's being exerted in a social setting. Basically, authority begets power, but power is not always begotten by authority. Okay, but so authority always begets power when it's when authority real is authority. Real authority, okay. But power itself is not dependent on having an authority. Okay, correct. So it's like a one-to-n relationship in that case, not a one-to-one relationship. Right. There's no direct correlation. Well, you know, imagine you're on a desert island. There is no society around you, therefore there's no authority. But you still have the power to do things. So obviously you don't need authority to have power. All right. Now, another thing I need to give some clarification on is you said real authority. Now, to avoid a fallacy, I need to define what real authority is. Well, so to to claim to have authority which nobody else recognizes is not real authority because of what I said earlier about how authority is is a social phenomenon, it's a social construct without others agreement it doesn't really exist. It's a it's a pretense to authority. Okay. So would it be said that all authority in a way is essentially democratic? I don't know if it's like defined democratic. No one votes to give people authority. I, I don't, that's not what I mean. I mean democracy is like or in the by the people way. As Correct. In you cannot make authority for yourself. It is granted to you by others. Okay. Um, what about the case of... Could it be said, so it wouldn't be authority to say that, well, I can do whatever I want to myself. I don't have, that wouldn't be authority. Because some people say, I have authority over myself. In a figurative sense, yes, but not in this technical sense. Yeah, in the technical sense, authority only matters in the same time that morality matters. Basically. Anything you can essentially do to yourself. You could you could say you committed an immoral act on yourself, but it doesn't. That's not really true because you don't hurt or help anybody by doing things just for yourself, unless you're taking from someone or benefiting someone directly by doing something to yourself. I guess in some sense, you know, you can have such personal authority encroached on by others. If others, you know, let's say you have something that is, uh, you know, arguably only concerning yourself, but others so disapprove of it that they prevent you from doing it. Okay. You know, they, they have, now in, in this case, they've also, they've, they've taken your power from you in this case as well. Um, but the fact that they don't, the, the fact that they don't let you do it means that you also don't have authority to do it. Okay. I guess the reason that I was kind of having an issue with it is because that doesn't really jive well, I think, with the strict definition of authority, okay. which is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. 
I can understand when it comes to enforcing obedience because that requires other people. I guess what I mean though, so if, if someone has the power to give orders, let's say, it's because other people believe themselves to be responsible for following that person's orders. Okay, okay, okay. So I think I think what we need to do now is go ahead and draw some scope boundaries because I think we're we're, we're teetering on two. In the individual scope, there's one person, on, like you said, on the desert island. You have all of the authority because you're there's no one else. You have practically all the authority because of all the people to recognize the authority. There is one you because you can recognize. I think your own authority. Sure, sure, is maybe useless as that is you're also always moral to yourself in the same sense it's it's basically it's a vacuous claim sure sure but it, but i mean axiomatically you know I, I think it works fine to say that even if it practically has no purpose you know uh, metaphysically speaking you you have all the authority when you're by yourself to yourself um, because i can't imagine a situation in which you, you yield you don't yield to the authority of yourself that's maybe what we're Or you always it. do. Or you always do. You know, it, this is why, yeah, social things, social concepts like authority break down when you only have one individual. Right. Okay. But power is always singular when you're in a one-to-one like that. But power well. is real. Power, power, is power is physical. Right. Um, so, yes, even when you're alone you may or may not have certain power. So I guess you could almost say that authority is the perception of the use of power by other people and whether or not they endorse, condone, assist, or uh, restrict the use of force. Right. Okay. So in that case, since we've laid that out, let's do another hypothetical to make sure I'm on the same page because it's easier to deal with these things in examples. If I walk over to you and take something away from you, Right. I'm exerting my ability to take something from you. Right. Right. Your power to take from me. Right. Now, if there are several options that you could you could do. Think several things you could do. First, you could try to stop me from doing it, and that's you exercising your power back against or attempting to anyway. Right. But we're both essentially now in a power struggle. Like our powers are in conflict. And from your perspective, I do not have the authority because you are using, and, and because of that, you're using In the using example power. that you are stealing from me. Sure. That's, because you, you might be taking something from me in a way that I see as legitimate. Like what? Which, um, maybe I owe you something from a previous mm, agreement. Right, but that's bringing others into, I'm saying in a, in a situation where you just have a thing, and I, you've never met me before, and I just show up, and you're like, there is another human being, and I just, the first thing, the first interaction you and I ever have is me trying to take something from you, right? So there's no history, no context. That that The context is just the situation right. itself. So I take you for a thief and assume you have no authority and contest your attempt to exert power over me to take my property. Okay. Now, the second possible outcome is you don't do anything, which is an acknowledgement of my authority over you, or... I guess not necessarily... But I'm still um, taking things away from you, right? So I'm I'm submitting to your power in this case, but if like now now more details matter. Like why why have I decided to do nothing? Is it because I'm afraid of you? Is it because I'm indifferent to the thing you're trying to take? You know, well I think that's the only I think 
those are essentially the only outcomes. There's three, I think. There's a negative, a neutral, and a positive. The negative cases would be I am threatening to you just by my appearance or by the fact that you don't know me or know who or what I am, you know, that there's a negative association there. The neutral case would be it's something that you, yes, own, but you don't care about, like maybe a rock that's on your property that you're like, it's a rock, I don't care. Or it could be in the positive where it's something that burdens you. And even if I didn't know that, I I could still be operating under the assumption that I'm stealing this thing from you, but you would have wanted it to happen, but you don't help me take it because that's the next scenario up from there. Uh, because in the in the three scenarios of it's negative, neutral, and positive, the positive case is you help me take the thing from you or you willingly give it and want me to have it, right? So back to the neutral case, there is a subset of the neutral case where it's negative. You're in fear of me, say, as an example. Um, there's the neutral case of you're indifferent. Which really, I think, I think the case could be made that in the case where I'm afraid and don't react is really just me losing the power struggle. Because I, I have apparently, in this case, lost even my power to resist. Okay. I may I may still see it as illegitimate. Like, you know, if someone threatens me with a weapon to take my money, let's say, then I may submit to it out of fear while not acknowledging they have the authority to do this. Right. You may not mentally acknowledge their authority, but how is that different from our definition of you still given... Well, you didn't give me the power to do that. Right. So, so one aspect of authority that I think is important that I guess hasn't been mentioned yet um, is that when somebody does something with authority, people see it as legitimate. Stealing, in our culture, is not seen as legitimate. So no one has the authority to do it. Right. Okay. They may have the power to do it, but they don't have the authority to steal. Okay, so let's go back to the analogy. Unless we start getting into nuanced definitions of theft. Sure, which, which you know, we can go there later. I want to finish the hypothetical. So even in the sub-definitions of indifference or, or the neutral case where you don't understand, the negative sub-component of the neutral case is still just a component of the negative case. Uh, the indifference is really, I think, the only one that matters for the neutral case, and that is there's no... I don't even know that you could necessarily say that there was any authority to be had lost there. It's just, it's almost as though a person's operating in a vacuum because even though something is your property, if you don't care that it's your property, is it really your property, right? The question could be raised, yeah. The question could be raised there. And then the positive case of you are neutral to me taking this thing from you but you want it to happen, but you're not going to help me happen by acknowledging that it's a good thing for you and you not, you being fully aware that you want this to happen and me operating in a way that you want me to. Um, how does that work in the authority scope? Like if I take, um, say I want an anthill really bad for some reason. You've never met me. Or the weeds out of my lawn. The, I want the weeds out of your lawn. And you don't want the weeds, but they're your weeds because they're on your lawn. And I take them anyway. You don't ask me to. I want them. I'm taking them because I have the power to take them. Did you give me the authority to take them? Since it's legitimate that you want them gone? 
in some sense, yes, I think that I have granted you authority in this case because you would otherwise be violating my property rights by stealing my property. But I've decided that I would rather you take this property from me, and so I've given you authority to take it okay. passively. And that leads up to the primary level of the positive case, which is you want me to do this thing, and you help me do it. And your actions are yielding authority by you not only submitting to not hinder my efforts, but maybe in the in the greater case, assist me. Like you see me taking the weeds, and you go, oh, let me help you with that. And you bring out like a post hole digger, and you start... Or, or I guess the, the real ultimate thing would be you say I want the weeds and I say yes let me get those for you and you don't have to work right that's the ultimate that, positive that, is the, case. that is the ultimate authority in this case that that you want my weeds and I want you to have them so much that I will get them for you right you will eliminate my need to you, you help me you've done all the work right okay so I think there's an interesting parallel to be drawn there. It's it's about how the efforts of the two individuals are interacting. Uh, authority can be measured in the net result of the efforts of the two individuals. If I'm exercising force in one direction and you are opposing that direction, the net result of that is authority. Or if the, if the net result is negative, it's a violation of authority. If it's neutral or zero, like you don't do anything, uh, and I do the thing that I want to do, then it's neutral. There's no authority exchange. You can make the argument that there's no real authority exchanged at all, or no authority to be violated or to be had. And then if we sum the direction of our forces, that's the ultimate transference and of authority. Would that be adequate to say? Like, if I could chart that out, where the origin point is my is the aggressor or the initiators, my amount of force, whatever level, if you could quantify it, is at 100, then your response from that point in zero, you know, if it's against me in any way, shape, or form, then there's a negative net result. If it's neutral, then there's a zero result. And then if it's positive, it's a positive result. And so the positive result lends to the greatest amount of submission to authority, whereas the neg or the granting of authority, whereas the negative amount is the negative most uh, violation of authority, right? So that's what it's trying to measure there. If you, if you could quantify it out is what I'm trying to do. Now, does that cover the whole scope of what authority is? No. Okay. Um, well, okay. Yes and no. That, that is sort of what I meant by my uh, assertion that authority begets power. What has not been addressed here is how authority works in social groups of more than two individuals. Because here we've explained a, a relationship between one, one individual and another. But what about when somebody possesses authority over a group? Okay. And how, how does that work? Um, this is not something that I've spent a whole lot of time thinking about. Um, but, you know, so, so in, in some sense, it, it matters, you know. Let, let, let's say um, we have we have a uh, a criminal of some sort. Uh, they, they've just uh, uh, stolen something from a convenience store, and they're fleeing. And everybody else sees somebody as having authority to stop this person and arrest them, and return the seized property. Um, you know. So th then, now, of course, in the in the mind of the thief. 
the person executing the arrest is not within their authority to do this because he's trying to get away with stealing something. Right. But everybody else sees it as legitimate in this hypothetical case. Um, you know, so that then it starts to become more more nuanced this way that that authority because it is a a social phenomenon much like morality where you know it it is different between two individuals than it is in society. Okay. So authority, would you say that authority is relative, like morality? I would say that... Or contextual, maybe. Subjective, maybe. Okay, subjective. Now, where, where, so, and where, where it crosses the line between subjective and objective is where it begets power, because power is objective. Yes. So, you know, all the people in the society granting power to, let's say, the police officer performing the arrest... His power to perform the arrest is objective. His authority to do so is subjective. So you could say in, in a situation with more than one individual, you could lay them all out on that axis I laid out to you before. All people that in the moment of the arrest, let's say, let's limit it to the moment, not anything that happens before or after the arrest. Um, the, the criminal commits the crime... And because the police officer initiates force against, you know, let's say the crime has already been committed. So at T0, the crime has already been committed. We're, we're not measuring the force of the crime being committed. That's outside of the scope of what we're talking about. In the narrowness of the scope we're talking about, the police officer sees it and be, initiates force against the other person. So he's the initial point. The police op, the uh, assailant or the criminal assort, will assort, assert force in the backwards direction, yielding a negative authority from police officer, I mean, sorry, the criminal to police officer. Everyone else in the situation will likely, if they even if they all take a uh, neutral stance, it's the outcome of that struggle is essentially who has the authority. It's whoever wins the struggle at that point has the authority, even in the, in the total scheme, according to everybody, right? If Everybody else around is truly neutral. I don't know what can be said about that because then, then basically, as far as they are concerned, nothing is happening. Um, they're they're completely indifferent. Um, well, okay, let's make it more interesting. Say everyone, say there are three other people watching, three bystanders. They all um, don't try to stop the police officer from arresting the man. Right, but so. So now it depends why they have decided not to try to stop the police officer. Have they not tried to stop them because they approve of the arrest or because they are afraid to fight a police officer? Okay. Um, there could be different reasons. Right, exactly. And I think this is also speaking to the point. Now that it's, it's a little more clear when you bring more people in. Authority, like you said, does exist in the subjective realm, right? It is dependent entirely on motivations and intentions of people. But when it's actualized in the form of power, realistically, it's irrelevant who has the authority once the struggle is complete. Correct. Because if the police officer overcomes the assailant, even if no one wanted him to, or say every other bystander tries to help the assailant and the police officer is able to defeat them all and arrest all of them, even though they don't recognize his authority, 
He did have the power. He did have the power. And his power being exercised over them, I could, I think you could even argue grants him more potential authority in the form of deterrence to others, perhaps. Maybe not, you know, by, but then again, now we're talking about power deriving, deriving authority from power. I don't know, no, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree that, that he would gain authority by doing that. Because, like, if we, if everybody around, or, it, you know, a significant majority of the people around saw the officer's actions as illegitimate, tried to stop him and failed, then the officer basically becomes an assailant himself in the eyes of everyone. Okay. But let's play this out a little bit more realistically, what I think would happen realistically. The, the police officer assails the crime, the criminal. The first of the three bystanders who is the closest. Say they're all evenly spaced far apart. And one's 10 feet away, one's 20 feet away, one's 30 feet away. They all begin moving towards the incident because they all do not want this to happen. So they're all going to exercise their power against the police officer to help the criminal in this case. This is what the scenario I'm laying out. The first one arrives. So, the, say the police officer is very handy. He defeats in the power struggle the assailant by themselves. The first person to arrive arrives right after the event happens, and he conflicts with the police officer as well. He defeats the first guy. The second guy stops right as he approaches the police officer because he's now in the neutral case because he has seen what the police officer has been able to do to two people so far, and he's now no longer sure that he wants to be a part of this. He disagrees, but he is scared, right? Right. So he stops. The third guy sees has seen everything that's happened so far and thinks, this guy in front of me is about to get destroyed. I'm going to run away and essentially just give up everything. Or even worse, he runs up and tackles the second guy and helps the police officer arrest the second guy even though they did nothing wrong. So he's now in full agreement with the police officer just over what he's witnessed the police officer do, Right. So now as that situation's end, you have three people who disagree with the fact that they've been assailed and detained by now the police officer and the, the new party. And you have three people who think that they are absolutely, uh, the, they're the uh, police officer and this guy who had no authority whatsoever to do so. But then there are two people who think that they were well within the authority to do so, right? Like that's, that's a dynamic situation that right. even with just this many people begins getting complicated enough. Not to mention the side of the sale of a society. But in the outcome is, there's all three still detained, even though they believe it's the people who did so didn't have the authority. But the dynamic from the beginning of the situation, where the police officer had the maximum negative possible authority, he, he, was, he was violating authority or overstepping his authority by the maximum amount of, uh, if you could measure it, units has actually moved forward in gaining authority now because the last person helped him and the second person went from having that contempt no. to neutral. No. No. I don't I don't believe that because the uh, the final person helped the officer that the officer has gained authority necessarily. But they have changed their reasoning for why they helped or didn't help the police officer. Right, right. Well, yeah, it does matter what their reasoning was. So the, the stated reason was... They were scared at first. The second guy, the first guy was afraid. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the second, the second bystander was afraid and didn't do anything. The third bystander intervened in a way that favored the officer. After going through the stage of being afraid, and then decided that maybe it's right 
because I want to be on the right side of the conflict. Ah, okay, but is it because he saw the actions of the officer as legitimate, or is it because he thought that things would go more favorably by helping the officer? What's the difference, I guess? Because you could, do you think people's minds on what's legitimate can change? Yes. Say he went from thinking it was completely illegitimate to being legitimate, even if it was for a bad reason. Like, it's an irrational reason why he changed his mind. Or say he has a respect for power. Like, say he thinks that... Sure, yeah. Uh, power, like, he might be operating under a, the, a different assumption than you and I are right now, and that power begets authority. And because he has demonstrated his power, I will then grant him the authority because he deserves it. Sure. Then the officer, in that case, if, if that person believes the officer has gained authority by demonstrating power, then the officer has actually gained authority by demonstrating power because this other bystander has granted it. Okay. So, in a weird way, because of the situation where authority begets power in what you've said, right, that was the initial right. assertion, within that system, power can also beget authority. In a very special circumstance, yes. In this case, but it's possible. It's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, because I, I wouldn't take... It's possible. It's like, like, the thing is that it's not, it's not within the contained system of power begets authority, because now we've introduced another variable, which is power impresses somebody. But that still, even though that variable, but I think that variable exists. Yes, it does exist. And through that vehicle or through that thought process, it can beget more authority. Sure. Um, okay. That was a very, very interesting hypothetical. Let's take it, I, I want to take the opposing stance for a moment. Because I, I, for the longest time, actually believed the opposing stance. I'm not saying that I don't still believe that way. My beliefs are irrelevant, but I do know this side of it pretty well. The, um, the notion that power derives authority, which is the exact counter notion to authority deriving power, um, essentially states that events, that the same power struggles occur, right? But authority is taken by power, and that it doesn't matter what people's meanings are. Essentially, it does not matter if a person struggles against you, or is indifferent, or helps you, necessarily, or, wa or wants to struggle against you, wants to be indifferent, or wants to help you, let me put it that way. Because that's what we were saying it was before, authority being subjective. Authority, instead, is just the objective measurable running difference between power struggles where so long as you continue to dominate power in the power struggle you will grant you are now granted the authority to make the decision because you're the only one able to affect your will and because you're able to affect your will that power is giving you the right to make the order and the right to make decisions because your decisions are the ones that will come true. Your decisions are the ones that will go from being subjective to being objective because you're the because no matter what other people think, no matter what other people would do, you can still make it happen. Um, do you see what I'm saying by the yes. example of power beginning authority? And so it, this um, so I think I think the thing here though is that what you've what you've done now is you've basically made authority a meaningless word. 
which is why this definition is also tied to strongly the, but it's all this this meaning has also been tied to and the furthest extension of this argument is that yes authority is meaningless in the objective realm it's meaningless right yeah by by this definition it's meaningless because if it doesn't authority matter. is defined by who has the power then authority equals power which is a so it's a useless word let's throw it out and use the word power Right, which I think even the first definition of authority lends to that conception, even if it doesn't agree with it, because it says the power or right to give orders. Powers and rights are two different things, right? Um, so if you take, if you exclude, if you let's take the or there and exclude each word. I think, I think I, I, before we go too deep down that, I want to contest the Oxford. Sure, that's fine too. Which is, you know, I don't like their use of the word power right there because then also authority becomes basically a meaningless word because I have the power to give orders. I can order you right now. You probably won't obey it, and probably nobody else will, but I do have the power to give an order. Right. Well, the, the, the ending part of that definition, which has to, I think, be included, is enforce obedience. Based is that on and enforce or And or? enforce. The full mm. definition is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Mm. So the Oxford actually lends to the defi- lends to the idea by that definition that power begets authority. Now, this is just a definition. You can take authority or power in different con- and come up with a better definition that better fits the reality of the situation. That's I think what we want to do, right? Because definitions that don't conform to reality are ultimately meaningless. You know, you can't. You or you can. I, I want to go ahead and move forward with this a little bit more. I don't want to uh, run away from the situ- the, the uh, what we were talking about. Um. So, let us take the the events that we've discussed so far and just look at the realistic outcome. I think if we are using authority to define the intentions alone uh, behind the actions then yes I would I would have to agree with your definition because that's essentially what you've done is you've said the subjective intentions or beliefs of the people um, involved of all people involved those are their authorities and authorities cannot come into contact with one another they because of their metaphysical nature I cannot wage my authority against yours without power Right, power, however, is the only thing that I think can be brokered in the real space, and it's through the expression of and struggle between powers that authority is then renegotiated or not. Um, however, because in the situation, in the first situation we gave out with uh, me and you and me stealing some of your property, right or not, because what how you feel about it really depends on whether or not it's theft, right? Um, in that case. We could say. Objectively, yes, it's theft. If it's your property and I take it, it's theft. But if you didn't want it and you just give it to me, then it's no longer theft. It's an exchange, right? Because uh, you're willing. The reasons behind how you react to me initiating force against you in that case, if you look at it through the lens of authority, it's entirely on how you feel about it and how I feel about it. And the perspective, and, and it, I, I don't know if it necessarily is a zero-sum game. If you were to switch perspectives, it would actually be the exact opposite result. 
For example, if I think I'm well within my authority to take that, because I think it's mine, even if I'm wrong, I think I have the authority, therefore I, ha I believe that I have the authority to do that, and you believe that I do not. Um, from my perspective, you're in the wrong, and you're violating my authority from trying to take it. In your perspective, I am wrong in trying to violate your authority. To take it doesn't necessarily have to be the opposite like that. Doesn't necessarily, no. No, uh, because... Perhaps you are a thief and you know that you're a thief and you know that you don't have the authority to take it, but you're going to take it anyway because you want it. But you don't even see yourself as legitimate. You just don't care. You are selfish. I think that is a possible thing to do. I, I agree. That makes it a little more complicated. I guess I should step back one more time and let's let's talk about whether or not authority even matters. Because I do think it's a discussion that needs to be had. Because... Ultimately, if authority relies on power to be realized, just like how our thoughts rely on expression to be realized. For example, there's no such thing as freedom of thought that needs to be discussed because it's obvious, right? Even if I said, you can't think this, there's no way you can make me not think it. You know what I mean? It's so outside of the... Well, for now. And indeed, by telling you not to think it, I can make you think it. Exactly. And probably would. And no one's advocating for freedom of thought, necessarily. And even those who say I advocate for freedom of thought, what they really mean is the... Freedom to express thoughts. Freedom to express thoughts. So, I don't... I think authority could maybe be looked at in the same way. I could say you're free to exercise your authority. But I'm not, you're not, you can't exercise authority. It's, that's just power. Right. Um, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with the possibility that authority matters in that space. Authority and maybe just what we call it. Or, or authority I have a context is, in which authority matters. Okay. So, like I said, it's, it's a social thing. And... It is, it is dependent on what people see as legitimate. So, if somebody does something with a lack of authority, and then people largely see the action as illegitimate, they may decide, based on this, to exert their power against this person. And so then, that person's lack of authority becomes manifest. Right, but it's just a power struggle again. It is. Um... I, my my claim is, so I'm not saying that it isn't a power struggle because yes it always does come down to a power struggle because power is the objective thing here I, I guess what I'm saying is that the way people view authority has consequences that are objective and so therefore it matters okay like, you know, whether whether people see an action as legitimate has consequences of its own. Okay. Beyond what would happen if those people didn't know about it or didn't exist. So it is something. It's a social phenomenon. Social phenomenon. Hmm. So authority, more or less, is just essentially almost a moral barometer for actions against each other. Like, it's just a measurement of the contempt or not 
that people have over, and specifically, it is only over whether or not people act against another person. I think, which is which is why I tie it to morality. Um, and I'm having okay. Let's, and that's interesting enough as it is. What makes morality different than authority? Then, or are they the same? They are definitely very closely related because if somebody does something that people do not think is or think that people think is immoral then they will see it as illegitimate and and not grant authority and and likewise if someone does something that is uh you know very positively moral you know let's say being very charitable or something like that they may grant authority to that person hmm. could there be a situation in which the authority uh, people feel another has or think another has, another has is not linked to the morality of the incident. For example, um, it is immoral to uh, kill another person. However, we grant the authority to others to do so when it suits our interest in the example of executing criminals. I think that the assertion that it's immoral to kill somebody needs to be defended in this case. Okay. And that's fine. I'm just trying to find an instance where they will be separate because if they're going to always be the same they're not the same I, I know they're not the same but i'm trying to figure out the difference it's almost as though authority is the middle ground between what your morality is and your willingness to act in accordance with your own morality for example if you think something is morally wrong but you're not going to do anything about it that's essentially you granting authority. Whereas if you think something is wrong and you're going to do something about it, that's you denying authority. So authority is almost, I think, maybe could be described as a person's willingness to act against another in accordance with their morality. That would be the inverse of authority. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the perspective of the person who is deciding whether to grant authority. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying, though, is authority is social capital. And it is social capital that can enhance the value of physical activity based on morality, for example. Right. So... Your morals are your own, and you can define acts as immoral or moral, but not do any, doing anything about it is pointless. Um, or it's not pointless. It, in the same way that you can't ever truly be neutral, right? Uh, I don't know if we've had that talk before, but you can't ever truly be neutral. Choosing not to act is an action, for example. Um, and the authority. There's a uh, there's a there's a song about this actually, um, "Free Will" by Rush. Oh yeah. There's a line: "If you choose not to decide, you still made a choice." Right. Um, so authority is essentially the social capital that you give, that you can only give. Like uh, authority can't be demanded. It can't be taken. For example, I can't take authority for myself necessarily people can only give it now i can make it really easy for people to give it to me by threatening them for example but you can submit to the threats of another person without granting them the authority for example i'll stab you in the back the moment i feel like i can defeat you 
true authority is I will let you do what you want and even maybe help you, but I will never try to stop you. I guess another thing, a, a, a word that I've neglected to bring up in this is respect. Yes. If someone has authority, people respect them. But that, it, but that in the same way, respect is also social capital. Yes. It's just, I think it's almost like authority and respect are both social capitals, but they're used for different things. Um, for example, authority... Respect is very passive. Yes. Well, it, it is passive. Um, and respect has more to do with, I think, um, how you feel about another person in a positive or negative way based on actions that may not even be moral or immoral, right? It's just, I do not like the way you live. I do not like what you do to yourself, therefore I don't respect you. Or I don't like what you do to others, so I don't respect you. It, it's it's a little more, it's, it's like it's just your opinion about a person and how you see that person from your own perspective is whether or not you respect them. Authority is, I will not let you, I will act against you if you do this, or I will not act against you if you do this. That's That social capital is essentially a way for you to gauge a potential outcome before a power struggle needs to occur. Because if we didn't have the concept of authority, we would constantly be testing the waters with power struggles just to see the outcomes. And indeed, that's exactly what chickens do. Yes. Until they figure out who has the authority. Pecking order. Yes. Yeah. Um... So that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but I think that is starting to line up more with the reality of what happens. Um, authority is essentially just the forecast data for power outcomes. Um, now it can be ignored, for example, if you have if you're the only person in the room with a gun, it doesn't matter. For example, you can you can weigh the power and you can weigh the authority with as a modifier to the power potential of other people and see what would happen and then yourself you know um so that's interesting and that's and that's definitely not what i think most people probably consider i don't think it's thought of that deeply because i know i haven't thought about that deeply but i think that's really what it is is authority is just social capital that is given as authority is a lot like consent in a way i think as well is it's almost identical to consent. It's you give by giving someone authority, you're giving them consent, um, as well. I think, right? Because consent doesn't necessarily guarantee or stop the action, whether it's given or not. It just says whether or not you want it to happen or not. And then authority is whether or not you want it to happen or not, or if it's essentially you telegraphing your what you're going to physically do, how you're going to use your power in response to the potential actions of another, right? Because if you, do, for, let's just take one last example. Um, the authority of a government, um, people grant a government authority, be, and because of that, the government truly does have power over its citizenry. And it's a good barometer for understanding how well the government's going to continue to function. As long as people see it as legitimate and they maintain that legitimacy, people will not act out against it. Right, and they may even act out affirmatively in support of it. Right. Um, 
But if the moment ever comes where the government is seen as so illegitimate that people are willing, that is actually seen as illegitimate, where people will actively act out against it, then there's a problem. So that raises the question. If I do not believe the government has authority to do something to me, like say, for example, I own a piece of land that is right where they would love to build a highway, because this happens all the time, Manif uh, not manifest destiny, uh, uh, imminent domain laws in the United States, for example. If they want to build a highway because they need to, or for any real good reason, they can just force me to sell my land to them to build the highway, right? If I let them do it, I'm submitting to their, I'm giving them the legitimacy to do it. Whereas if I don't, and they still defeat me anyway, I'm still did not give them the authority to do it, as long as I made an effort to stop it, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical effort like you don't have to come out with your guns and try to get them off of your property and stop that, building that's the ultimate effort. that is the ultimate rejection but you know you, you might you might come to your senses and realize that this is a suicide attempt um and so you know maybe, maybe the uh the the way in which you retaliate would be to uh to try to drum up support and and file a petition and, right and repeal eminent domain laws right or um take it to court over whether right, or not the right, laws right, or, being or exercised. whatever uh entity was responsible for seizing your property. Well, forcing you to sell your property, which is arguably seizing. Right. I think that's a good place for it. I really think that I like what we've come up with so far, and I think that there could potentially be more discussion on this in the future. But uh, I don't think... I think in order to launch into any other expansions on it, we would need an entire another episode. I think so. I, I, I was pleased with this, because um, I... I I haven't done a whole lot of thinking about this. This is just sort of the, uh, an idea that I've carried but haven't really uh, put under scrutiny with somebody else. So this was uh, a little eye-opening for myself as well. Yeah. So to sum it up, what is authority, essentially? It's the it's a, it's a form of, of social capital in which which, when exercised, yields power. Yes, or action, which is power. All right. Philosophers. Philosophers.